and welcome to the season finale of the Piocast. I'll be your host, Saban Scholfer, and this week we're continuing our exploration of popular media with an episode all about anime. You don't have to be an anime fan to enjoy the segments we've put together, though. To get you up to speed, we'll start with the history of anime, brought to you by L. Schreiner. Surely, by now, you have heard of the style of media that is rapidly growing popular, anime. Big round eyes, perfect appearances, exciting lives. Believe it or not, this form of art began long before any of us were born. The first animated film released in Japan was by Shimokawa Oten in 1916 using chalk. Colorful figures were moved across a screen, forming the first animated film that was less than five minutes long. Many Americans see cartoons and animated movies as children's entertainment, such as Dora the Explorer or The Backyardigans. But anime is a form of entertainment for any age, from Beyblade Burst to Demon Slayer. Anime audiences are often teens and adults. Many may see anime as Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z, but there is more to it than toys or old-style shows. Anime's target audience is primarily adults and teens, with shows across all genres such as action, comedy, sci-fi, and drama. But of course, there is also children's anime, which often has a message of belonging, hope, love, and friendship. The same goes for manga, which are essentially comics and graphic novels in the same style as anime. Manga helped bring anime to where it is today, by influencing the art styles and also being the basis for the majority of anime shows. Both anime and manga were seriously starting to take off during World War II, around 1940, when a lot of artists and cartoonists were either working for the army or banned from working because it was considered decadent and elitist. Back then, according to Frederick Scott's book Manga Manga, The World of Japanese Comics, anyone who failed to cooperate was punished in different ways. The government used the artists that were left to influence their enemies through artwork of comic strips filled with propaganda. After the war was over, an artist named Osamu Desuka made a name for himself by creating Shintaka Karajima, which translates to New Treasure Island in English, an action-adventure drama story about a boy who finds a treasure map left by his deceased father, who then sets out to sea to find about the treasure. When Tezuka was a child, he was fascinated by Walt Disney's animations, which later led him to create Tetsuan Atamu, or... Astro Boy, a 1963 animated series about a young android boy with human emotions. The series became immensely popular in Japan and subsequently became the first anime to broadcast overseas. Because of this success, he was pronounced the father of manga and anime. Anime has really taken off as a style. It is not a genre, but a style of films, TV shows, and video games. The art of anime is like an umbrella. It covers many different genres. There can be a sci-fi anime about space, a horror about monsters, even a romantic feel-good or slice-of-life story. Anime has influenced people's styles of apparel by introducing bold colors, comfortable clothing, and unique and flamboyant eye-catching patterns. It has influenced a large portion of today's generation, with many being attracted to anime for its style and aesthetics. Sure, anime was originally a cartoon, but it has evolved into something that is enjoyed by millions of people around the world today. 
with new shows and manga being released at an average rate of three per day. There's an endless amount of entertainment to enjoy. So we ask you to put the stigma behind you and go enjoy some anime. You might be thinking, if there are so many shows and films across so many genres, how do I even choose where to start? Diving into an entirely new world of entertainment can be overwhelming, especially something as trope-heavy as anime. Here, with recommendations of some easily digestible, beginner-friendly anime, is SHS alum Cassidy Schaefer. In the last few years, anime has become increasingly more prevalent and common in Western media, with hundreds of titles now available on large-scale U.S. streaming services such as Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, and a variety of different recommendations on the internet, where the heck do you start? That's where I come in. I have a list of some solid starters that are pretty digestible across a variety of audiences, no matter what your favorite genre might be. And before I start, I'd like to note that if you aren't comfortable with reading subtitles, it's not for everybody. All of these recommendations have extremely well done English dubs. Of course, the original Japanese dubs are brilliant as well, but it's more important to do what's comfortable in order for you to enjoy the show. First on my list is a modern day drama with some fantasy elements. Your Name is a movie about a city boy and a country girl who randomly swap bodies. As they navigate this phenomenon, they get to know each other and the kinds of lives they live. When they decide to meet in person, they learn the truth about what's happening, and not everything is as it seems. Another widely popular movie that came out around the same time as Your Name is A Silent Voice. This movie follows the story of a deaf girl and a young boy who meet in elementary school and it follows them through their high school lives. It navigates tough topics such as bullying, depression, and anxiety, and the struggles that come with dealing with such issues. Another common recommendation that you'll probably hear is films from Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli is, as titled, an animation studio. It has produced a variety of highly popular movies, many of which are based on Japanese folklore. To start out, I'd recommend either Spirited Away or Howl's Moving Castle. Both are fantasy-based dramas that follow a strong female lead as they navigate their insecurities in a whimsical world. Since there are tons of shows in a variety of genres, I'll try to keep my recommendations fairly short and limit it to the most popular genres of action, sci-fi, fantasy, and drama. Let's start off with action. If you enjoy the Marvel franchise, then My Hero Academia is the show for you. If you enjoy the Marvel franchise, then My Hero Academia is the show for you. This show is about a boy who was born powerless in a world where superpowers are the norm, and despite this, he desperately wants to become a hero. It's a massive superhero franchise, and the manga the show is based on was written by a huge Marvel and DC fan who based many of his characters and the designs on their comics.
If war-based action is your thing, and you can handle some heavy violence, then Attack on Titan is for you. In a world where man-eating titans exist, humanity lives within large walls. It follows three main characters as they join the military to fight these titans in the face of heavy loss and grief. Attack on Titan is immensely popular in both Japan and the US, and it's entering its final season this year, so now would be an excellent time to get caught up and experience the epic conclusion with the rest of us. If you prefer more of an action-adventure show, then I'd recommend Samurai Champloo. It's a story about two samurai who join a young woman on a journey to find someone she is looking for. It also features some killer hip-hop music. For the science fiction nerd in all of us, I've got three recommendations. For a more classic sci-fi adventure, I'd recommend Cowboy Bebop. It's similar in style to Samurai Champloo, but features jazz music instead. This is a show about space bounty hunters and their various adventures. Cowboy Bebop was one of the first wildly popular anime shows in the U.S., airing on Adult Swim in the early aughts, and it still holds up to this day. If you like Star Wars, you'll probably like this. If drama-heavy sci-fi is more your style, I'd recommend Psychopaths. Borrowing themes from classic sci-fi authors such as George Orwell and Philip K. Dick, this show is based in the 22nd century and follows the lives of a police force working in a world heavily controlled by an authoritarian government. Citizens are monitored by technology that determines something called their crime coefficient, designed to catch criminals before they commit a crime. This, of course, brings into question the morality of such a system and the effects that it has on the greater society. If you like modern time travel, give Steins Gate a try. It's about a self-proclaimed mad scientist and his friends, aka lab members, working to solve the mystery of time travel, and upon making a breakthrough, discover the heavy burden of altering time. If you enjoy Steins Gate, there's also a second show about an alternate timeline in that world called Steins Gate Zero. Of course, you can't talk about sci-fi without also mentioning the fantasy genre as well. A popular action fantasy recommendation is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which premiered in 2009 and has a 100% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It follows the story of two brothers on an adventure to find the Philosopher's Stone after paying a heavy price when they used illegal alchemy as kids. If you want a pure fantasy world with adventure, then Made in Abyss is the story for you. Don't be fooled by the seemingly cute kids in the illustrations. This show is not as lighthearted as it seems. Made in Abyss takes place in a town of explorers at the top of a seemingly endless abyss. It follows a young girl whose mother disappeared in the abyss. And upon meeting a robot boy and receiving a letter from her missing mother, she decides to dive into the abyss to find her. The last fantasy recommendation that I have is a historical action fantasy anime you've probably heard mentioned a lot. 
especially with its movie recently being released in U.S. theaters. And let me tell you, it's worth all the hype it gets. Demon Slayer is based in historical Japan, where human-devouring demons exist and are extremely powerful. It follows the journey of a boy and his sister as they endure hardships fighting alongside other demon slayers to rid the world of the creatures. If you enjoy murder mysteries, then Erased is the show for you. This story follows an adult manga artist as he struggles to solve the murder of someone close to him. As he is being wrongfully accused of the murder, he suddenly finds himself back in elementary school. He soon realizes that the modern-day murder may be connected to the abduction and killing of one of his classmates and attempts to save her in order to fix the future. Erased consists of just one season of 12 episodes and may be one of the most easily digestible shows on this list. My last drama recommendation, and one of my personal favorites, is Violet Evergarden. With some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen, this show takes place in a fictional European-esque country after a four-year conflict called the Great War has finally ended. In the aftermath of this war, Violet Evergarden, a young female ex-soldier, gets a job at a writer's agency and goes on assignments to pen letters that connect people across the land. The majority of the show is episodic, with an underlying theme of Violet trying to find meaning in her new life as she meets each client. Honestly, I could go on for hours, but I hope this small selection of recommendations might help you find a place to begin. The immense amount of anime available may seem overwhelming, but on the bright side, that means that there's something out there for everyone. Once you find a show that interests you, it will open up an entirely new world of entertainment to explore. This has been Cassidy Schaefer for Pioneer Digital Media. As Cassidy mentioned, one of the most popular shows of recent years is Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba. After the first season of the series, a feature-length film was released in Japan, which almost immediately became the highest-grossing anime film of all time, surpassing 2001's Spirited Away in the box office by over $80 million. The film was released in the U.S. in April of this year and had the best U.S. box office opening week of a foreign film since Pokemon the first movie in 1998. Here with a spoiler-free review of it is our own Spencer Jones. I wouldn't exactly consider myself to be an anime connoisseur, however, I have watched a lot more anime in the last couple of months than I am comfortable with admitting to. Though, of all the shows I've watched in my nine-month-long binging spree, none have been able to capture my attention quite as well as Demon Slayer. 
I'm sure that any of you who are remotely interested in anime, and probably even some of you who aren't, have heard of this show at one point or another, and that's because it's just so dang good. Whether it be beautiful animation, lovable and memorable characters, or an enticing plot, Demon Slayer has it all. For me, Demon Slayer is one, if not the best anime we've gotten in a while. The show has a plethora of characters that are all equally memorable within their own right. The main protagonist of the show, Kamado Tanjiro, is probably the nicest person you'll ever have the pleasure of watching on screen. You would think that after having his whole family murdered by demons and his sister turned into a literal demon, he would be at least a little bit resentful. However, this is not the case. Even when he slays a demon by his sword, he's still extremely nice to them. In their last moments, rather than leaving them to die by themselves, he instead consoles them which in my opinion is just a super nice change of pace from the usual anime protagonist. The next character I'd like to touch on is Nezuko, Tanjiro's sister who is, well, a demon. Now, you might think that this goes against everything Tanjiro is fighting for, but it's actually quite the opposite. Nezuko is the sole reason Tanjiro keeps on pushing through and fighting no matter how dire the situation. With the end goal to try and find a way to turn his sister back into a human, as she's the last one alive in his family alongside him. Besides acting as Tanjiro's driving force, Nezuko also acts as a sort of sidekick slash comedic relief character, providing help to Tanjiro in battle while also giving the audience a quick laugh every once in a while. I mean, who doesn't love tiny Nezuko? She's just so cute. Anyway, the last two characters I would like to touch on are Zunitsu and Inosuke. Both supporting characters to Tanjiro, they serve as aid in battle while also having their own defining character traits. Zunitsu is a huge scaredy cat, and usually ends up trying to run away from battle, leading many people to question why he even joined the Demon Slayer Corps in the first place. However, the thing about Zunitsu is that he's actually a much better Demon Slayer than people give him credit for. That's all I'll say for now, you'll have to watch the show if you want to know more. And last, but certainly not least, is Inosuke. Inosuke is definitely the weirdest character out of the bunch, wearing a boar head as a helmet and serving as the token so-called Tsundere character, constantly being loud and brash trying to steal the spotlight whenever possible. There are also other amazing characters within this anime such as Rengoku, the high-ranking flame demon slayer, Sakanjo Urotaki, Tanjiro Sensei, and Giyu, a water-style demon slayer, but for this review I only wanted to touch on the main four. Next. I'd like to talk about the filmmaking aspect of Demon Slayer, more specifically why the show is so enticing to watch. Now, don't get me wrong, the characters in this show do most of the heavy lifting in keeping the plot moving forward, which is a testament to the top quality writing of the show. However, I think the main reason Demon Slayer is so interesting to watch is because it's not what I would classify as a safe anime. If I were to think of a quote unquote safe anime, I would probably name something like My Hero Academia. Don't get me wrong, I love that show to death, but I would definitely consider it to be a safer anime than Demon Slayer, because no matter what, you know that the main characters are eventually going to pull through and win the day. In addition, you can tell that most likely none of the main cast in that show will ever die or be removed from the plot, because the fanbase would be absolutely outraged. Plus, after all, they are only high school students, and that would be pretty messed up. Demon Slayer also kind of falls into this category, but not nearly as much. Because while yes, you do know that Tanjiro will eventually prevail, you don't know how many losses it will take him to actually get to that point, which makes the payoff when he finally overcomes the challenge all the more satisfying. 
Furthermore, even though you know that most likely none of the main characters are going to ever die, that doesn't mean they won't come so close to it that the show will make you believe that they're going to. And at least for me, it's what makes the show so entertaining to watch. Because in addition to boasting amazing characters, the show isn't super predictable. Last, I'd like to touch on the animation and the score of the show, which of course are both moi. One of my favorite things about the animation in Demon Slayer is that the studio that produces it rarely mixes 2D animation with CGI, which is a huge pet peeve of mine. All of Tanjiro and the other characters' animations feel extremely natural and fluid, especially in battle. When watching the characters, it almost looks like they're dancing, which is probably an intentional effect, and a very effective one at that. Now, the score. Demon Slayer's score is excellent. Every piece that plays does an absolutely marvelous job at setting the tone of its respective scene. Also the opening. Oh my god, the opening. Demon Slayer's opening, Gurenge by Lisa, is one of the best, if not the best, anime openings that my ears have heard. If you watch this show and skip the opening, I'm sorry, but I don't think I can be your friend. Anyway, enough of my gushing. In conclusion, Demon Slayer is an amazing anime, boasting excellent animation and music, well-written and lovable characters, and an enticing plot. If you haven't yet watched Demon Slayer, I urge all of you listening to this, even if you don't usually like the anime genre, to at least give it a shot. Demon Slayer is one of the most successful anime of today. Now being the highest grossing opening weekend of any Japanese film ever, its popularity in America is only increasing. But how did anime become so popular in America? And what does its recent rise in popularity mean for watchers in the US? Katie Fisher is next to answer those questions. swept its clutches across the world, America is held tight in its grip. The anime market size is expected to hit $43.73 billion by 2027. It's a wonder that anime had become so popular in America, especially now, you know, seeing that most foreign things here are met with a judgmental eye. Starting back in the 1960s, Astro Boy was one of the first popular animes in America. However, it had a quiet but loyal fan base. Anime at this time was still seen as taboo, as most foreign pieces of media were. It wouldn't be until the 80s and 90s where anime was retargeted towards children in America where it would be seen as normal. This is when English dubs were more popularized to be played on children's television channels. With iconic shows like Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, Naruto, and of course Pokemon, this generation was the first to truly expand the fandom. Growing up watching anime, the internet became a hub for fans to watch more mature shows and connect with other fans. As the 80s and 90s passed, the generation before created more content that took inspiration from anime for the next generation to consume. The 2000s brought more fans and better internet connections. Meaning that anime wasn't only accessed through TV, but also YouTube. 
and pirating sites. Students at Sandy High School might recall their first animes being Death Note, Attack on Titan, or Sword Art Online. However, animes at this time were still seen as weird to the masses. However, current generations of anime are more mainstream than ever. With amazing new generation shows like My Hero Academia, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, or Promise Neverland. With this long-standing relationship with Japanese animation, our pop culture in America has been greatly influenced, and anime with it. I asked self-acclaimed anime superfan Aiden Francis what he thought about the popularization of anime in America. So, thank you for having me on, by the way. And how I started watching anime, actually, is from my friend Wade Fisher. So, we were basically at his house one day, and he really, like, tried to get me to watch this, and I wasn't interested at first. But uh, he made me watch Sword Online, and then after, like, the first episode, I was already into it. K-pop was getting more popular, J-pop, all that stuff. And I think that was part, part of the influence. And then people started watching Naruto and stuff like that. I also talked to longtime anime watcher Tamsin Pendleton. I originally got into anime back in 2018 um, when my sister made me watch Tokyo Ghoul for the first time. And then after that, I just found it really interesting and started watching different ones. I think what led to the massive gain in popularity in the past year or so is basically through TikTok and also just people being more accepting of other cultures as well as different types of films and movies. Well, personally, what I think led to like the gain of popularity for anime, it's been from people using, you know, audios or things like that. An audio is a sound that is used on TikTok to create videos. A lot of people use them for anime edits, which are scenes combined together to songs that were not in the original scene. It's kind of grown and grown and grown since those, and I think, I guess the community is getting bigger, which is good, but I think the only bad part is that I think it's becoming more of a toxic environment for anime watchers. But I also have noticed, like, people being way more open with the fact that they watch anime, as well as just anime references in pop culture and music. I think it becoming more mainstream is just really good and a helpful thing, and it gives a lot of people new stuff to watch, new opportunities, and yeah. I do think it's a good thing that it's become more popularized in American culture, just because if, say, two years ago, I told somebody that I really enjoyed anime and watched anime, I would be way more judged than if I were to tell somebody today. I also think it's good just because of the fact that people are exploring different types of foreign films, and... There's a lot of good foreign films out there. You just have to, you know, read the subtitles, which isn't that hard. <laughs> As America is getting better at acclimating to different cultures, anime is going full steam ahead, being the introduction to Japanese culture to many people. Although some hardcore anime fans may say that the popularization in America might be degrading the quality of the fandom and shows, the connections that it's bringing people in America are far outweighing the bad. Crazy to see the recent shifts anime has had in America. Lastly, our exit ticket with Sid. Konnichiwa! Hey guys, it's Sid here with your exit ticket. 
And now, to end things traditionally, my joke for this episode is this. Why did the traffic light turn red? Any guesses? Well, you would too if you had to change in the middle of the street. And that's all I got. Have a nice summer break, everyone. And there it is, folks. Season one of the Pilecast all wrapped up. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, to those of you who helped us out this year, and those of you who reached out to let us know you were enjoying the show. We are very grateful for each and every one of you. Have a fantastic summer, and we'll see you in the fall. PioCast is a Pioneer Digital Media production. Our program director is Katie Fisher. Segments produced by Katie Fisher, Spencer Jones, Sydney Hill, Cassidy Schaefer, and L. Schreiner. Hosted by me, Sabin Scholfer. This episode was edited by Henry Shutt and Spencer Jones. Hey guys, Editor Spencer here. I just wanted to reiterate what Sabin said and say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the PioCast and the PioCast as a whole. We've dumped countless hours into this small project, so we hope you've enjoyed what we've come up with so far. And like Sabin said, we'll see you in the fall. Also, I threw a couple anime openings in the background. Let's see if you guys can guess them all. Hey!